Good morning. Today's message is brought to you in part by my daughter Vivian, who let me borrow her notebook. <laughs> Who's watching from home today? Hello, Vivi. <clears throat> I've been trying. I've been trying to pull less from here and more from him lately. I think we all need to try that. You know, we, here we are walking around with a smile on our face, confident, joyful, hopeful, got a little bounce to our step. And then, well, let's just call it a thing happens. Here's this thing, and we just can't get it out of our head. And we think, well, I know what to do with things. I'll think about it. We start thinking about it. We start thinking about it to the point of obsession almost. It's like one of those little metal puzzles with the horseshoe and the chain and the little piece that goes like this. Got to get the ring off. You know, you get them for Christmas. Who knows what I'm talking about? Those things are impossible. You'll be sitting on the couch for two hours insisting, I'm going to figure this out. I can do this. I'm... I'm going to do this. The rest of the family's off eating cinnamon rolls. <laughs> and here we are with this trick. That's what it is. It's a trick. You want to know the truth? I'm serious now. People only give you those things to ruin your Christmas. <laughs> Let's get back to the thing, though. So you've got this thing that the enemy has convinced you that you need to think about. Now you're thinking about it and you're thinking about it and that also is a trick because now that happy face that you had, that little bounce in your step, it all stagnates. And we're left with this analysis paralysis uh, where we just can't make sense of anything and we're not using the power that we have in the Holy Spirit to go after the purpose that he's given us to do in Christ. And so we ask God, well, what do you think? God says, well, lean not on your own understanding, son. We say, but God, what if this situation turns out differently than it should, differently than I want it to. Well, lean not on your own understanding, son. But God, what if I handle this situation wrong and my whole world comes crashing down? Everything I've ever worked for falls apart. I have a Bible verse that will help give us some perspective. Can we put up uh, Matthew 5, 33 through 37? I'm going to read it from up there. <clears throat> Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. Okay, so that part, we got it. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. <coughs> Let what you say simply, yes or no, anything more than this comes from evil. I think it's important to realize, no matter what we're faced with, no matter what we're wrestling with, we're just making decisions. We're not making an oath that is anything even close to the oath that we've made to follow Jesus and lay our burdens at his feet. And I say that for perspective because whatever we're faced with, it feels like a huge deal. 
And sometimes it is. And the Lord cares about even the small things that we're going through. But the problem is when it seems like it's this huge thing and it's in our head and we're thinking about it and we're stressing over it and then the anxiety kicks in, we, had, we just need this. I, I, this, it, you know, you've got a relationship thing going on. You've got a business thing going on. You're not giving your life to this next decision that you make. You're simply saying this way or that way. You know what? Yes. Yes, we'll do this. Yes, I'll go this way. Hey, this isn't working out anymore. Now we're going to say yes to go this way. And it, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to articulate that thought, but everything is small in comparison to the oath, the actual biggest decision that we've made to follow Jesus, and he can carry us through it. So let's go to Psalm 63, 1 through 4. This is how we want to approach everything that comes our way. This is how we want to approach. This is our posture towards God. Oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. That's a good one, folks. See, when, if we're earnestly seeking the Lord in all that we do and everything that we go through, we can trust in his outcomes, even if they don't look like what we would want it to look like or what we would expect it to look like. Even if there's an element of unknown, we can trust in his outcomes. Doesn't mean we're not going to mess up. Doesn't mean we're not going to say the wrong thing, have to apologize. Doesn't mean we're not going to embarrass ourselves once in a while along the way. But I think the whole point is, and this was in one of the songs that we just sang, the whole point is that he's working to make all things right. I'm going to share this. So when I had COVID, I feel like I need to share this. So I was a huge, I mean, I was like number one naysayer. I called Pastor Lynn actually one day. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got it. This is the best, my favorite disease I've ever gotten. I get, stay home from work and, you know, I got a sniffle. He, you probably remember that. I, yeah. And uh, it was like, I don't know, six or seven days into it. And uh, I, all of a sudden, I was putting away socks and underwear. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's like, whoa, what's going on here? I'm like, I need to lay down. And I just asked the Lord, I'm like, huh, is this serious? Is I, was I wrong this whole time? And what he said to me was, it doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong on any topic, on anything. What matters is that you seek me humbly. And that's, that's what this, that's what this says to me. Who cares whether we make the right decision or the wrong decision? If we're earnestly seeking him, he's got it. Let's go to 1 Peter 4, 8. Above all, keep loving one another. Ooh, there's that big word again. Earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. You know what kind of sins Peter's talking about right here are the sins that you make on accident? I mean, it probably covers a multitude of other sins, but community is a messy thing. Life is a messy thing. You're bound to mess up, say the wrong thing, put your foot in your mouth. But if you're earnestly seeking the Lord and earnestly loving those around you, you can almost do no wrong because that sin is going to be covered by His grace. I, I just want to I, I end with this thought. Um, Babies have been on my mind lately. My wife is uh, actually in Washington helping care for our new twin baby nephew and niece who were born four or five days ago. And I think babies really, um, really are geniuses. <laughs> they don't overthink anything. <laughs> Yo, I'm hungry. <laughs> ah, I pooped. 
help me. I, I don't want us ever to lose our ability to just cry out to our Father and say, help me. Help me. Don't overthink it. Don't be sitting on the couch with that stupid metal puzzle thing insisting, I'm going to figure this out. I'm smart enough. I can do this. I'm determined enough. Yeah, he gives us this for a reason and we can use it. We use it every day. But when you're going through one of these things, one of these things that consumes you and it robs what the Lord put inside you and it just everything just stagnates, comes to a hold. Just remember, just remember, you can reach out to him for help. Uh, the other thing I love about babies is that they're out there making their mistakes out in the open. They're not thinking about failure like, oh, I'm going to figure out how to walk if it kills me. Well, it almost does a few times. But they're doing out there in the open where people can see it and they make sure they're not going to die from it. They make sure, hey, whoa, 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 hey, let's try that over here, little buddy. Let's, whoa, let's try that over here. So if you're going through something and it's just eating you alive, don't go through it alone. Do it out in the open. Bring somebody in. Bring the Lord in, obviously. Bring somebody else in. Don't be afraid of that. Don't overthink it. Let some, split your thinking power with, with a friend. I think that'll help. I, just, I feel like the fear and the anxiety, when that comes on, when that creeps its head up, I want to remember, just, just take it back to this most basic and beautiful truth. We bring up the last verse, please, in Philippians. Remember that you can do all things through him who strengthens you. Amen. We can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives us strength. And sometimes one of those things is continuing to earnestly seek him. You can continue by his strength to earnestly seek him and to be led out of whatever you're going through so that you can have peace and That's kind of a cliffhanger, but I don't know what to say. I think that, well, let's, let's, let's end it at that. <clears throat> Bring the Lord in. Remember, you can do all things. You can continue to earnestly seek him, earnestly love one another. Don't overthink it. You're going to make mistakes. It's going to be fine. So that's, that's all I got. Did anybody else just go, yes, yes, <laughs> I can do all things through Christ because it's relying on him. Such a good word, Paul. Thank you so much for bringing the word. Um, this next speaker that we're bringing to the platform, you know him, you love him. Uh, he plays the bass up here. He's a VSSM graduate and one of our instructors. You may not have recognized him because I think he shaved and um, he looks a few years younger. And so would you help me welcome to the stage, and don't be in shock, it is Pastor Benji as he brings the word, this next person. So let's give him a hand as he comes up here. Okay. So I did shave. It's coming back. This is not the military uniform that I had to wear last week, so I can let it come back now. So why am I in an aviator uniform? What was I doing last week that required me to shave and be in an airman ABU? I'm known by a few different names and I was called a few different names last week. Some of them I can't share with you. <laughs> I was called Lieutenant, I was called Sir, I was called Chaplain Staff. I was called Bravo Flight Tack. And I think at least once by mistake, I was called Dad. <laughs> My son and I attended a Civil Air Patrol encampment last week. <coughs> Civil Air Patrol, just to be brief on that, is a civilian auxiliary to the United States Air Force. We do a bunch of different things. Uh, if you want to know more about it, talk to me about it, because I don't have enough time to get into that. I could spend probably two hours explaining what all Civil Air Patrol is. 
But last week we had the Idaho Wing encampment. And I want you to keep fresh in your mind everything Paul just said because I'm just going to punctuate it. This encampment is intentionally stressful for everybody who is there. It was really difficult for me on day one when I've got cadets coming in and it's my job to toss their bags. As they're coming in, I'm going through everything in there. I'm taking stuff out, taking their iPhones, taking their Nintendo DS's, taking all their candy and their snacks and all these things that they brought in that they're not allowed to have. And while I'm doing that, I'm doing it with a smile and I'm talking to them and I'm getting to know them a little bit and saying, hey, you know, are you excited? Everything. And it's all peaceful and I'm the third of six stations before they get on a van and take a very short drive to their barracks where they're greeted by what was called shark attack. <laughs> the van doors got flung open hastily and their encampment commanders were standing there yelling at them, Cadet! Get out of my van! Hurry! 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 And everything was high stress and high intensity all of a sudden. And in my heart, I'm going, oh, these poor kids. I'm already crying out for them. Because I know they're about to hit probably the most stressful thing they've ever run into. These are the same age as our youth group, 12 to 18-year-olds. I think the oldest one there in that level was 16. And I knew they were going to be stressed. And I knew they were going to overthink every single thing. And they did. They overthought to the point where they couldn't even get one foot in front of the other. And they're stumbling over each other. Uh, I had to laugh because the day before we did a practice for this, and, and I watched Miguel uh, act as a, a new cadet coming in, and he's running. And this was hilarious. And he's running. And and, and I was laughing. I'm like, that seems like a little bit overdramatic. Then I watched them, and I'm like, oh, that's exactly what they did. They, they completely lost their minds. And as a chaplain assistant, my job was to help to comfort them, bring them back to order. So after looking at the bewilderment and stress and fear on the face of all of these young men and women, I called Chaplain up and I said, Chaplain, I know it's not on the schedule for this week, but the last 15 minutes of every day before lights out, can I please have a prayer with these cadets? And he said, absolutely, great idea. And so we did. Every evening, right before bed, anybody who wanted could come right out in front of the barracks, and then it's God's time. Nobody can yell at you. Nobody can get in your face. Nobody can cause you any more stress. You're just going to bring all of your stressors and your stresses of the day, and we're going to lay it at his feet. And that's what we did. And many of those cadets, you want to talk about stress. My day went kind of like this. I had to get up at 4 a.m. so that I could go to a different barracks to pick up the command staff, bring them back to my barracks so that they could wake up the cadets at 5 a.m. Over the course of my day, a dozen or so cadets would break down, and I'd go and I'd work with them, and I'd sit with them, and I'd talk with them, and I'd pray for them. Buck them back up, get them back in their flight, get them back moving. Bribe them, ask them for one more day. Just give me one more day. I promise you it'll be better tomorrow. Just one more day. I know you can't see through this mess that you're seeing right now. I know you can't get past the fact that everybody's yelling at you, that you're having to march everywhere, that every little thing that you do is getting criticized to the point where you don't even want to breathe because you're afraid you're going to yell for it. I get that. I know that that sucks. And the, the theme of encampment was embrace the suck. <laughs> that was from encampment commander. He told us all every night, embrace the suck, it's going to be better tomorrow, because if we can get through this tough part, there's some amazing things on the other side. 
And it's so hard to see those amazing things on the other side when all you can see is the trouble in your face. When the enemy is screaming at you, yelling at you, telling you you're not good enough, you're not going to make it. Why did you do that? Where are you going? What is going on? It's hard to see through that. It's hard to see past that. And if you're leaning on your own understanding, I thank you, Paul, because you really put everything up already for me. I didn't even bring my stuff up here because you already hit all of the scripture that I needed for this. When you're not leaning on your own, when you're turning to God and you lay everything down at His feet, that's when you get through it. I even had adults, senior members there that I was uh, counseling with and, and talking to them. I actually got one of the other names was given to me from our wing commander was Cadet Slayer. Because I started out with 11 cadets in my particular flight and ended with six. Three of them never, didn't even show up. Two of them went home on the second day. And then it took everything I could to maintain the last six. I carried tissues in my pocket everywhere I went because inevitably anybody that I had to talk to was crying. But what happened is by yesterday, when we're releasing everybody, everybody who embraced the sock got through it. They had amazing time. They were given Black Hawk rides where they, they got to, to fly Napa the Earth, which is just barely above the ground, going along up through the canyons of the, of, of the middle fork of the Boise up above, up above uh, Lucky Peak, up and over. It was an amazing experience. They got to do that. They got to do a whole bunch of other fun stuff. Everybody's hugging everybody. Everybody's thanking everybody. These sergeants who were in their face all week long are getting hugs, saying, I'm going to miss you. Thank you so much for everything you've done for me. It was amazing because they were able to persevere through the bad parts. And, and, and it is just simply what we've got to do on an everyday basis. I got home last night and slept 4 a.m. to midnight 1 a.m. Every single day was my day. If it weren't for the power of God, I don't know how I was even upright. Because I got home yesterday and I sat down and I crashed hard. Griselda had gone to go get some dinner and she came back. She's like, I need some help getting stuff out of the car. And I could barely stand back up. I, it was, and I ate dinner and then I went back to sleep. And then I tucked the kids in and I went back to sleep. And I woke up again this morning at 4.30. <laughs> but I'd had some sleep finally. We're all in this together. As we've heard that over the past two years, probably too many times, but we truly are. We need to embrace each other. We need to turn our eyes to God and ignore the waves, ignore the wind, ignore all of the stuff that's going along. Keep our eyes focused on Christ. When we do that, and we get through to the other side, we're all going to look back and go, you know what, it was all worth it. It was all worth it. There's so many other things that I, that I brought home from my experience last week. As ridiculous as the whole thing was, I am excited to do it again next year. The other, the other training officers and I have already started making plans on how we can make it better. And we're looking forward to meeting a few times throughout the year. I just ask you, all right now, give me one more day. Just give me one more day. 
and you'll be all right because it gets better tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus. Again, wasn't it like, yes, yeah. Um, how many of you, though, were thankful that you weren't there at Cadet Week last week? Yeah, I was sitting there thinking like, man, and my interns were complaining over me. Dude, like, we're going to have a great week this week, Pastor Benji. I'm going to get you to come in with our interns for the last week. Um, I'm just kidding. It's going to be a great time. All my interns are like, oh, no. Um, <laughs> just... It's so awesome to know that God loves us, isn't it? So awesome to know that we have an amazing Savior that cares for us, that loves us, that guides us, that leads us, and that has led this conversations, or led the, each and every one of these sermons. And I've just been so thankful as we're sitting there, uh, just hearing each one of them as they come up. And it's such an honor to bring up our last speaker for this morning, Again, he, since he's came on staff over a year and a half ago, or maybe even more, it's just been so awesome to have Pastor Matthew around as he brings such a joy. He, he brings such amazing word every time he comes to the platform. Every class that he teaches, he's, you can go to his office, and he's just intense studying, um, where I have to like knock on his door a couple different times and interrupt him just to tell him some joke, and then I walk out of his office. But it's so cool to be able to do life with everyone as they talked about community. And so as we get to do life together, I love this next man of God. Would you help me welcome Pastor Matthew as he brings the final word for this morning. We love you, Pastor Matthew. Finish us off and lead us out. Thank you, Pastor Tim. Don't we love this guy? I love doing battle with you, Pastor Tim. Okay, well, first, I just want to say this. I had a surgery a little over a week ago. Uh, I'm feeling great, and I just want to say thank you. I got so many texts. I got personal notes. I got phone calls. I just want to say thank you. You guys are a loving, supportive body. Amen. I'm feeling no pain this morning, literally 0%, and I got to dance during worship. Amen. So thank you, Pastor Christy, for leading us not only in song, but in the dance of the Lord. Amen. I lo who loves to dance before the Lord? Like David danced? I got to do that this morning. So if I'm a little extra sweaty, I apologize in advance. Um, I did have to wipe a lot of that off. TMI, I'll move on. Okay. So I'm going to read today's passage. And just, just, just I, want, I don't want you thinking of time. God, the Holy Spirit multiplies time. He can do more in one minute than I could do in the flesh in 10,000 hours. So, really been seeking Holy Spirit for what he wants for these few minutes we're together. Before I read today's passage, I just want to build faith. Do you guys want your faith built? Okay. You know, when we hear words, this morning you heard words probably during worship, you know, during Pastor Tim opening and, and transition, and then Paul came up and Benji came up, it's important that we pause and capture what we just heard. This is something Jesus modeled all the time. He said, don't you remember what I just did with the loaves? Don't you understand what I just did? So I want to pause. I want to I do like Jesus right now. Paul, Paul talked about trusting the Lord, right? Not, not, not getting, giving way to analysis paralysis, but looking to the Lord. And sometimes, like a little kid, right, we might fall and we just need to cry out, help daddy, right? Help daddy. He can help us through fear and anxiety, right? He also shared about, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Benji came up, um, just talking about the week that he had. Praying for kids, having them lay everything at the feet of Jesus. No matter what trouble you're facing, you can turn to him and he'll see you through it. And Benji said, um, we can ignore the wind and the waves and he'll see us through the other side. Okay, this is the passage the Lord put on my heart for today. Uh, New King James Version, Hannah, thank you. Matthew chapter 14, 22 through 33. Just reading this is going to take a little bit. So I would just say, as I'm reading, hear what the Holy Spirit's telling you. Allow the Holy Spirit to renew you and encourage you this morning. 
Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. I want to say that again, walking on the sea. Jesus walks on water. Jesus walks on water. He walks on water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And, began, and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Amen. Amen. Amen? I feel like I could just close in prayer right now, but I have just a few things. Does that sound good? Just a few minutes here. So this past uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, I got a uh, be on Lake McCall. Who here has been on Lake McCall? Fun place. Who here has been on Lake McCall this summer? Raise your hand. Oh, Lake, is that where I was at? Oh my goodness. That's how aware I am. Lake Payette. I was on Lake Payette. Um, okay, on Lake Payette, uh, recovering from surgery, so bummed when I, when I went into this kind of three days away, this, this, this retreat, I, I basically told the host, I don't even know if I can get on the water, because um, I can't get immersed. You know, you don't want to get infected, all that maybe dirty lake water. And uh, so first couple days, I'm like, I don't even know. I went down on the dock, and it was hurting. And I'm like, even on the dock, just all that movement. But I think it was like the second or third day, I'm like, I am ready to get on the boat. I am ready to get out on this boat. So I'm out on the boat, and um, the driver has someone else take over. And who here has seen surfing on a lake, right? Who here has done surfing on a lake? Okay. So this guy, mind you, and I'll keep anonymous, uh, is in his 60s and positions himself. Boom, he's up on that board, and the boat is going, I don't know, 20, 30 miles an hour. And he is just riding this wave, okay? Just riding this wave. And I'm watching, and I'm just like, this is the coolest thing ever. I wish so much I could be out there. But what caught me off guard is he's going for a while, and then all of a sudden, he, you know, he's holding on to the, uh, the rope. All of a sudden, he just lets go. And I'm thinking, okay, he's going to sink, right? Natural thing, let's go of the rope. All it is aboard, it's not attached to his feet. But because he was right on the wave, he kept going and riding. He must have rid for like five minutes. And I'm watching going, he's following the boat, he's on a board, it's not attached to his feet, and he just let go of the rope. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I'm like, I literally had to contain myself because I wanted to jump up and down going, this is awesome, you're amazing, it's so cool. There was something in me that goes, wow. Let me say that maybe Peter felt a little, little bit of what I felt in that boat. That it wasn't, <laughs> yes, he was in a fearful situation. The disciples were, they thought he was a ghost at first. But I think there was something in Peter that said, this is pretty cool. If it's not a ghost, and it's Jesus, I say come, you know, and, and Jesus says come. Say a word and I'll come to you. And then Peter gets out on the boat, out of the boat, and he starts to walk. And I, I believe there was something in Peter that leapt at Jesus, that wanting to get out of the boat, wanting to get out of his comfort, wanting to get out of the, the trouble that he was in into something much more spectacular, 
right? And I believe maybe he's speaking to some of you today that you've been afraid. Maybe, maybe it's with business. Maybe it's with family. Maybe you have a heart for fostering. That's something Tess and I put, uh, God put on Tess and I's heart. Maybe you're, you're on the brink of an adventure, but it feels like right now you're just in trouble. But, but let, I just want to encourage you today. You might be on the brink of the greatest adventure with Jesus Amen. that he's ever had for you. When you're seeing problems and this isn't going well and you're in the storm, Jesus isn't saying, I just want to remedy your storm. I just, want all, I, want, I just want all the problems to go away from you. But Jesus is out on the water, in love, walking in faith. And he's saying, I want you to come on the water. I got some amazing things for you. Amen? Amen. So I just believe this morning, um, I just want to read... Uh, I believe this song was prophetic for this morning, Pastor Christy. I know we've sang it before. This is a house of worship. This is a place of praise where every demon trembles, where we proclaim your name. This is a house of healing, our hearts full of faith. You have our full attention. You have the final say. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Hey, I'm going to preach here. Lord, maximize these three minutes by the Spirit of God. Okay. The sea. What does the sea represent? He was walking on the sea. Sea in Scripture represents chaos. Um, the Leviathan was in the abyss. Right? This is the place of chaos. This is the natural realm. Jesus was walking in authority upon the natural realm. You have natural things you struggle with. Maybe even, at times, demons that oppress you. And I don't say that lightly this morning, but I do say this. Jesus can set you free from every demon. Every demon that is plaguing your marriage, you personally, you and your business... Jesus has authority over all that. He walks on the chaos. See, the realm of hell is chaos, miscommunication, lies, distortion. That's the enemy's number one lie. He can't create something new. He takes the truth and twists it. He is the father of lies, or you could say the father of illusion. But we serve Jesus the way, the truth, and the life. There is no lie in Jesus. There is no falsehood in Jesus. There is no twisting or bending of the facts in Jesus. What he says is who he is, and who he is is what he says. And so I just believe this morning, I believe this picture of Jesus on the water is Jesus. There's a couple things. There's a lot going on here. But I believe right now, maybe you're thinking of your problems. You're thinking of things that are crushing you. You're literally sinking like Peter began to seek, sink because he focused on the natural, the wind, the effects of the wind. And it's easy to do that. I find myself tempted to do that all the time. But I believe Jesus is saying, look at me. Look at me. I feel that, man, he's been saying that for a couple of weeks, actually. Jonah's saying that. Others have been saying that. He's saying, get your eyes off the natural. I believe Jesus is saying, lock eyes with me. Amen. Lock eyes with me. Lock eyes with me. Because it's the only way you're going to walk on water. Okay? So what, Je- so what does Jesus say? Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? He didn't say, Peter, you were kind of crazy to think you were going to walk on water. So get back in the boat because that's where we need to be. I mean, that's kind of the natural thing I would expect. Like, let's pause for a second here. Who do you think you are, Peter? Or Peter thinking, who do I think I am? that I would ask the Lord to give me a word, and then he would say, come, and that I'd actually walk on the water. I need to get back to the boat. Get back in the corner. No, he says this. You of little faith, why did you doubt? Jesus had an expectation of Peter's faith. Jesus had an expectation and a belief that Peter could believe the impossible. Love believes all things. Jesus, love, believed Peter could do it. He gave Peter an impossible destiny. You are rock, and upon this rock I'll build my church. You're a chip off the old block, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. 
impossible. Impossible. But with Jesus, all things are possible. With Jesus, all things are possible. Oh, you have little faith. You have little faith. You have little faith. And I don't believe he said that like, you have little faith. Oh, you have little faith. I wanted to keep walking with you. In fact, we might have walked long enough that we might have danced together on the water. And maybe right now, you're thinking you're bound to sinking in your problem. And I just want to say this. If that's where you're at, Jesus is gracious. And as Paul shared earlier, Jesus pulls Peter out of the water. And if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. I honor that. And Jesus wants to pull you out. I know what that's like. But I think Jesus is saying, man, so often you settle for the pull you out of the water and get you back in the safe boat. When he wants to pull you out of the water, back on the water. In the storm. In the storm. See, it's when they got back in the boat, the storm ceased. But the story doesn't give us commentary like that's what meant to happen. There was a storm. Jesus came on water and he wanted the storm away. Maybe Jesus liked the storm. He did fall asleep in a storm one time. Just a thought. Just a thought. Not saying that's from the Lord. But my point is, I believe there was an opportunity. And he has an opportunity for you. You're going through financial struggle. And it's like, maybe you're tempted to settle with, just save me, Jesus. Get me out. I just... I just want to get by. And I know what that's like because often we're, we have this poverty mindset. And Jesus is so good. He's so loving. He's like, in the storm right now, I want you to walk on water. I want you to lock eyes with me. Lock eyes with me. And I'm going to see you through. Like Benji was saying, he's going to see us through. These kids that had this really hard challenge before them, it was Jesus that was going to see them through. And if we could just pull up one other scripture here, Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 3. This is in the Passion. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 3. We got it. And for us, we have all of these great witnesses who circle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the path has already been marked out for us. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation on Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who oppose their own souls so that you won't become worn down and cave under life's pressures. Amen. Let's go to verse 2, Hannah. Uh, chapter 12, verse 2. I just want us to focus here. I just believe, man, you take the story of Peter and you take this scripture and you put them together and it's this beautiful picture. And I'll just end with this. We look away from the natural realm of the sea, the wind, and this seems so counterintuitive to our minds, right? We want to analyze the problems. We want to reason our way through things. We want to rely on, I've done this before so I can do it again. I've been there, or I got enough money in the bank account, or I'm, phys I'm physically whole, nothing's wrong with my body, I'm good, right? All these things that we rely on, yet it's often just the natural realm. But Jesus is saying, focus your attention. This race that I have marked out for you, it's impossible. Do you know that? God's call for your life is impossible. Apart from him. If, if you think that the plan for your life is easy and you have in the bag, I would question if it's the plan of God for your life. Okay, that might be a hard word to hear, but hopefully that's an encouraging word. God's plan for your life, God's plan for Peter, God's plan for me, God's plan for you is so impossible that only he's going to be able to accomplish it through you. So if you find yourself challenged 
like Benji was talking about with these kids, if you find yourself challenged beyond what you can bear, there's a good chance you're starting to move into the will of God. Quick thing. My wife had a heart for fostering and adoption a long time ago. I, I believe she had more faith from the get-go. She takes God at a, his word a lot easier than I do. I can question it. I can analyze it. This gets in the way. And she will simple face so many times, God. Papa told me we're going to do it. Papa told me we're going to do it. Papa told me we're going to do it. And I battled for years. Like Paul was talking about analysis paralysis. Oh, my goodness. Like, do we have, I mean, I feel as a father inadequate at times to love my two biological. Like, Jesus, I need help for that. Kids that are not even my own. Come on. And there's times I've wanted to give up. I have. I've wanted to give up. But when Tess and I would get in worship, and this especially happened to her, but it happened to me as well. She would get in worship and she'd tell me after worship right here at the altar or at home or something and say, I was in worship and I feel like he wants us to stay in the foster system and wait for another child. I feel like he wants us to keep on going. I feel like he wants us to keep walking on water. Amen? One other thing we sing, um, every promise is yes and amen. I will rest in your faithfulness, my confidence. I will rest in your promises. My confidence is your faithfulness. Is your faithfulness. Let me just encourage you today, because you can hear this and go, okay, I need to step on the water and have all the faith in the world. I just need to be a full of faith. Okay, I'm going to step on the water. And you get about a half a foot and you sink, right? If we're being honest, right? (laughs) Jesus is so much more good than that. The very Jesus who requires your faith supplies it as you just look to him. The demander of faith is also the birther of faith. He wants to birth in you as you simply look and trust to him like a child. And if you would lock eyes with Jesus, love believes all things. It says love Faith worketh by love. So in that love relationship with Jesus, I just want to encourage you this morning. He's calling you up to faith. He's requiring that. He's demanding that. But the same Jesus who demands that will supply it. And he's the author and finisher of faith. He will see you through to the end. He will see it through through completion. Isn't that good? He wants to complete. And I'm just going to ask the prayer team to come up the prayer team to come up to the front. And then also I was feeling Paul and Benji. If Benji's still in the room, I don't see him, but Paul, if you want to come up too, there might be some folks who want you to pray for them this morning. I'm going to close this out in just a moment here. Um, But maybe like Paul talked about, you're struggling with staying in your head analysis paralysis and I, I don't say that lightly I, I had many years where that was demonic like it was it literally tormented me analysis paralysis and that might be you you're like I overanalyze things and I feel so stifled in my job in my relationships maybe even here at the church God wants you to serve but you've just been analyzing it I just believe come up if that's something you want I'm going to say delivered from set free Jesus can set you free from analysis paralysis He has and is still setting me free from that. Amen? Amen. Maybe this morning, like Benji shared, you're going through kind of like the cadets that he was talking about, and you want to give up. You're in a situation where you're like, there's so much pressure on me now in the marriage, in this situation that I want to give up. There's so much pressure. I just encourage you to come up for prayer. Because I believe Jesus wants to encourage you and be the lifter of your head. Awesome. And I just believe that there's some of you that you're feeling the call of the Spirit. You're like, man, I'm in a huge struggle. I mean, I'm I'm going through a huge trial, but I hear what you're saying. I hear what the Holy Spirit's saying. I really think he has something spectacular for me. You're like, this isn't just a trouble. I, I feel the Holy Spirit telling me there's an opportunity. There's a miracle. 
there's, there's something so good he wants to do, I encourage you to come up as well. And final thing, I'll just say this. When we sang that song this morning, where every demon trembles, every demon is to be under the feet of Jesus, and you feel like you're being plagued by nightmares or a tormenting thought that is like months or years. I know what that's like. Like literally every time you get in a social situation, you're hearing a lie that you can't overcome. There's a prayer team here and I believe God wants to send that back into the abyss. He wants that in the abyss under the feet of Jesus. And let me just say this, for those that know Jesus, when it goes under his feet, it goes under your feet. When it goes under the feet of Jesus, it goes under your feet as well. So he wants you to put in the rearview mirror, if you feel tormented in any way, I believe God wants to set free and deliver and that stuff to be sent back into the abyss, never to touch you again. So we can all stand to our feet here. I'm just going to pray for you. And again, I encourage you, we have an anointed prayer team that is prayed up, seeking the Holy Spirit this morning. They were in the prayer room seeking the mind of God. I believe some of them even have prophetic words, words of encouragement. And Jesus wants to set free this morning. Jesus, you're so amazing. Jesus, you are the faithful one. Jesus, you are the God of miracles. Jesus, you can do what we can never do in our natural ability. And so right now, we just let go of the things where we've been doing it in our own strength, our own ability, our own mind. And we say, Jesus, take over. We set our gaze on you. We set our gaze on you. And I just pray, even right now, whether you come up to the front or not, I just pray right now, I speak freedom. Jesus, I speak freedom. I speak freedom over minds. I speak freedom over bodies. I speak freedom over condemnation. If you felt like there's a condemning spirit that's been plaguing you, I say there is no condemnation for you because you are in Christ Jesus. If you have been tormented by fear, I say perfect love right now. Jesus, your perfect love is casting out fear right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. We love you. Amen.